Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Hour. We are recording, uh, like we do every last Sunday of the month, at the Waypost, a fantastic place on North Williams. I am so pleased we have several guests today. We are starting with Chloe Udaly, who is founder of Reading Frenzy, which is such a wonderful bookstore, and I am so glad it has moved to the east side, if I may say so. Uh, and You're welcome. Chloe <laughs> And Chloe is also a candidate for city council, and we are going to be talking to her about who you are and why you're running and, and, and how that, because this is the nonprofit hour, how that impacts uh, nonprofits or some of the stances that you have, how those impact nonprofits. Thank you for coming in today. Thanks for having me. Um, Chloe, you, so you're an Oregonian. Yes. That was a... <laughs> Okay. Let's have that. Let's have a little bit more discussion about that. So you're 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 born and bred Oregonian, correct? And and you, how long have you been in Portland? Uh, well, I grew up in a couple rural areas in uh, within the metro area, and I've lived in Portland proper since 1988. And and I feel like that matters. I mean, both you being an Oregonian and you having a long history in Portland and seeing some of the changes. Uh, is that any of the reason you're running for city council? Well, I mean, I, I shy away from talking about being a native Oregonian or my family's history here. I don't... Is it don't, scandalous? <laughs> no, no. It does um, reach back to the late 1800s, but it's a much longer story than I think we have time for. Because uh, I don't think it should matter. I don't want to create a kind of us versus them vibe in my campaign. However, the fact that I have lived here, uh, and even, I mean, yeah, the fact that I have lived here for almost 30 years means that I've seen this, you know, what's happening now unfold over a long period of time. So I do think I have a better sense of uh, what we had and what we've lost and, and maybe even what's possible than someone who is a more recent newcomer. But I don't, you know, think I deserve a bunch of points for that. Let me, let me ask a more specific Oregon history question then. Do you have a favorite Oregon politician? I do. Gretchen Kafori. And, and um, tell us who Gretchen is, Gretchen Kafori is, and, and what it is that you find uh, exciting or, or inspirational about her. Uh, well, Gretchen was really an activist who became a politician. Um, she's one of the women that helped make City Club, Portland City Club, open up to women. It was a men-only organization for um, decades and dec decades. She, um, I guess I relate to her because she was somewhat of an outsider. She wasn't a career politician and um, she just was able to do some fantastic stuff in, in Portland and... and well, I mean, what's interesting, though, I mean, she, she definitely is, is a gold standard of uh, politicians and, and the Kafori family has had a big influence over the last 25 years. Yes. Uh, you know, and it, I think that, that, it, that is yeah. an interesting part of the history of Portland is that outsiders become the insiders. Yeah. You can expand on that comment if you like. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, if, frankly, I think we have too many insiders right now. I, I don't think that the council is made up of outsiders. Um, I mean, really the reason that I'm running, because honestly, six months ago, this was not 
in the cards for me. I'm pretty happy as a bookseller and a publisher and sometimes writer. I do disability advocacy and in the last year my focus has really been on housing. Uh, but when no one came forward who I thought would bring any meaningful change to the city, I felt compelled to step up because I don't know how much long I can hold on here and I know that um, I'm better off than a lot of Portlanders right now. So. And we're going to pause the story right there, and I want to take just sort of two steps back. If this was a movie, we would be like, and 10 years earlier. Um, <laughs> let's establish who you are in the community, and, and because Reading Frenzy is, it has been a very important part of the community, what, what is Reading Frenzy? Why did you start it? Um, and then we can have more questions about that. So, as I mentioned, I moved here in the late 80s. I um, was a teenager, and I came of age as an activist during the first Gulf War, and that kind of started a 25-year path of activism uh, around a variety of civil rights and social justice issues, and I've never been a single-issue person, even though I'm really seen as being the single-issue candidate. And that's one of the reasons I opened my bookstore, was really, um, I couldn't decide what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I had too many passions and issues, and I thought a bookstore, it's a mission-driven bookstore devoted to independent small press and self-published titles. And really, we exist to give space to underrepresented and unheard voices. And so the store opened in 1994. In 1994, we were seeing this massive um, concentration of media among a handful of multinational corporations, which I found alarming. And it's only gotten worse since then, although the internet, for better or for worse, is some, somewhat <laughs> ameliorated ameliar that. Uh, a few years later, I co-founded the Independent Publishing Resource Center that is now located on 10th and Division. It started in my office above Reading Frenzy. And that idea really came out of um, one person after another walking into the shop who had never seen a zine or never heard of self-publishing and wanted to know everything about it right there and then. And eventually my friend Rebecca Gilbert and I decided we need to give these people a space because this is getting really disruptive to the flow of daily business. Um, so that is... It sort of makes you like the Benjamin Franklin of Portland politics. I mean, it's, it's, it's like <laughs> you have your publishing house and... Well, <laughs> Benjamin Franklin made a lot more money than I did in his day. I, I, I want to roll back a bit. I mean, I mean nine, 22 years ago, uh, the book industry was, was our, and book selling as well as the publishing industry was uh, already a very pinched place. I've seen, you've got mail. I know how it goes. Um, <laughs> Good film. <laughs> and and it, it, I, I can only imagine it's become more difficult. I mean, yeah. what, how, how have you survived for the past 20 years as, as Barnes and Nobles and, and, and other bookstores have, have suffered? Well, I want to start by saying I went to travel school to become a travel agent the year before the internet became a household world, word. So I, I'm, I'm not exactly the queen of good timing over here. And uh, then I uh, decided to open a bookstore in 1994. Well, what happened in 1994 was the internet, Amazon, uh, this a rapid proliferation. <laughs> I can say this word, uh, 
proliferation of big box bookstores. I think um, I was able to skate by because Amazon and Borders didn't care about the strata of the publishing world that I was dealing with, and also because I was really providing more than a bookstore. It was a community space for people to gather and hold events and you know we had a huge free section with all sorts of resources for people to learn about. Um, and I really ignored the internet for many years. Like every journalist that I ever talked to wanted me to talk about the impact of the internet on the publishing and book selling and it was just like the most boring question in the world to me. Um, I finally did confront that reality a bit in the last several years, but we're still going, so. And I, I'm gonna switch, Chloe, over to uh, your, your political campaign right now. And I, it, is there a parallel between that role that, you, that Reading Friends and you have played uh, and, and how you would see yourself serving at City Hall in terms of um, providing a platform or a focal point for, for people whose voices maybe otherwise weren't heard, you know, i.e. the small press, uh, to, to more of a grassroots. Am, am I trying to make too many uh, uh, similarities or, or no, parallels I, here? No, I actually think it's a really interesting question and there are definitely some parallels between what I've done with my business and in my advocacy work and why I'm running now. I just have a problem-solving brain and if I see a problem that I think I can at least contribute to solving, I have an almost overwhelming <laughs> compulsion to try. Uh, so there is that. However, with the bookshop, um, I really was catering to a very, um, well, not specific, but limited clientele um, in that we're pretty much all about progressive and radical politics, alternative culture, um, just anything outside of the mainstream uh, that didn't run afoul of the law, I suppose I should say. Um, and I do, I felt and I still strongly feel that artistic work and literature and media does not have to have a mass appeal to have real value. Now, um, let's see if I can make this <laughs> connection here that's fomenting in my brain. I'm running because I don't think the majority of Portlanders are being heard at City Hall or being heard in Salem. Um, and that is a uh, kind of different reality than the one that I've been working with at the at, with my business. Um, so many of us are struggling with rising rents. Um, middle income earners can no longer afford to buy homes in Portland. We have stagnant wages. We have poor educational outcomes. We are one of the most food insecure states in the union, yet Bloomberg just declared Oregon to have the healthiest economy in the nation. And something is obviously not going right here. And what I've seen, unfortunately, uh, in my crash course in housing advocacy is that even with dozens of organizations and hundreds of community leaders and thousands of residents rallying around affordable housing and tenants' rights, um, at the end of the day, our elected officials are gonna sit down with 
moneyed corporate interests and work out a deal with them. And what we get in return are very meager, I, it's hard for me to call them even protections for tenants. Um, and that happened in Portland and then I just watched it play out again in Salem. And I guess, uh, yeah, I should. This is the Nonprofit Hour. I'm the host, Phil Bussey. I am speaking with Co Chloe Udaly, who is the founder of Reading Frenzy and a current candidate for city council. Um, Chloe, I want to I want to pick up of what you were talking about. Again, this is the Nonprofit Hour, so I want to talk about both how the issues that you see as as important uh, impact nonprofits, both in terms of what the nonprofits are doing, and then often for some of the people who work in nonprofits. I mean, certainly affordable housing, uh, minimum wage, uh, are, are some of the issues that uh, are that local nonprofits are working to uh, help with. How, as a city councilor, would you address those issues, or would you support nonprofits? Hmm. Uh, well, I'll just start by saying that Nonprofits employ a significant number or percentage of our workforce, and um, most nonprofit workers are earning less than they would out in outside of the nonprofit world. And many of them are facing some of the same challenges the people that they are serving are facing, which is they can't afford to live in the city that they work in. Um, and that's really a recurring problem I'm seeing. I talked to Portland Association of Teachers and many teachers can't afford to live here anymore. We have 700 firefighters um, that work for, you know, in Portland. Only 200 of them live in Portland. We can't assume they all live outside of the city because they can't afford to live here, but that's certainly a contributing factor. So back to the nonprofit issue, I think, um, dealing with our housing crisis and raising our minimum wage and really working on um, economic development will help everyone across the board, include, including our nonprofit workers, and hopefully alleviate some of the demand for services. Um, we've run out of money for rental assistance. I mean, I don't think that's going to kick back in for several months. Um, yeah. I gonna, let, let, I want to just uh, wrap this up, Chloe, okay. and, and I want to. How how is the how is the race going for you? What are you enjoying most about it? It's like being back in school. Um, like I said, I have a lot of interests, so it's been really great for me to be forced to focus on these issues. My stack of books next to my bed is like eight different books with the word city in the title. Um, and these interviews and forums that I'm doing really drive what I'm learning about that day. The other great thing that I didn't think of, you know, was kind of a perk, is that I have an excuse to call anybody I want to in the city and ask if they will take a little time to talk to me about what they do or what their issues are. And so far, everyone's said yes. So that's. Um, pretty fantastic and it's going pretty well it's stressful I'm having trouble sleeping some nights and I often forget to eat which which is a recipe for disaster <laughs> but 
I'm working on it. And I love to sing, so I'm trying to sing every week. I was thrilled to hear that the Portland Gay Men's Chorus would also be here. Um, maybe I'll stand in the back and sing along for a little musical therapy. Uh, yeah, so karaoke is my self-care at this point. And, and one of the things that we like to do on the Nonprofit Hour is, is to have all of our guests come and, and make a musical selection. Is there a song that uh, you want us to go out on? Well, the song that I chose is I Never Gave Up by Chumbawamba, going back to my punk rock roots. Chloe Udaly, thank you so much. Founder of Reading Frenzy, current candidate for city council. Thank you for joining us on the Nonprofit Hour. Thanks for having me. <laughs>